This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical situations. That means that unless you're the best of the best of the best, sir, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Edgar Suit, a men's fashion podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that's way better than you, I would have imagined you were going to come up with. Good Lord. <laughs> this is Hi, Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Uh, we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hi, Everybody, MD, or by visiting www.hieverybodymd.com. You can also call us, leave us some messages, text us some ideas, or let us know how we're doing at 530-DOCTORB. That's 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for black. We are going to be discussing uh, the 1997 excellent film, Men in Black, uh, suggested by our guest this week, Dr. Greg Winter. Hi. Hey, guys. What's up? We'll count it. And why did you choose this movie, Greg? Uh, I specifically chose, actually, you are the reason why I chose this because of the piece that you did on sci-fi, the daily, sci-fi five, yeah, sci-fi five, the daily five minute podcast where they just pick a random sci-fi topic and talk about it for five minutes. And if you haven't heard it, I think it's totally worth listening to, but Johnny had a piece a few months ago now, and you told me about it at Comic-Con where you were talking about all the things that happened on the same day at Roswell and it's just very well done. And then I was because of it, I was like, oh, I should watch Futurama. And then I was like, I should watch Men in Black. <laughs> uh, and so then I started watching it. And then in the middle of watching it, I was like, I would like to watch this with Johnny and Jax. <laughs> I can, I'll figure out a medical thing to talk about. <laughs> and surprisingly, there was a couple. Of, I, I got pages of notes. <laughs> pages. <laughs> pages of things. I, I don't feel like this is a movie that needs an intro. Like, we don't need to explain... Yeah. I, I think that people should listen to that piece. I wish I knew the date to tell people. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll toss yeah. it in the, uh, a link in the show notes. Uh, it's Sci-Fi 5. It's a uh, science fiction This Day in History uh, podcast from Roddenberry that I write for. And if you don't like it, it's only five minutes. You yeah. got five minutes. Um, but yeah, I'll toss it I mean, a link in the show notes. <laughs> right. you, you have an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, you should also watch Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Let's uh let's get right into Men in Black. I think the first thing that you guys really caught was uh the 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 scene the the death of Edgar, which is very early in the film. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is one of the that sorry, that's so far into my notes I had to figure out that was where I wrote it down. Oh, okay. That, that was a scene. Yeah. Um they really skinned him. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, it's also one of the, it leads to like some of the iconic lines in the movie, which is why I was sort of writing it down. I, um, your, your skin is really important. <laughs> We're all basically just like a big, well-organized sack of bones or no, we're just a well-organized sack of things. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're a sack of sacks. Yeah. And uh, it's just interesting to see him kind of like stretch his skin out. Your skin has a lot of properties. The main thing is that it's it's your body's biggest organ. It's a barrier. Uh, it protects you. It keeps you from getting dehydrated. Um, and then it has some interesting properties because it is el- it is both elastic and plastic. And I was trying to remember what that means. It's like it can stretch, but also it has the ability to return back to its shape. Ooh, that the, that is what both of those mean. Yes. That was a deep pull for my brain. Um so you you know you sort of see that in action when he, uh, when his skin is hanging off his bones and he he tries to correct that in the way an alien might by pulling by, his by hanging them off his bones better. Yeah. yeah, I will say the weird thing was his eyeballs were transported along with it. I mean, it's a rubber suit. It's it not is. really skin tricks. Yeah, that's true. Um, it does decay as the show goes on. Movie it goes is, on. That's. You you mentioned that and that's really interesting uh, and I'm sure I'll bring it up again. But it, as the as the movie progresses, um, his skin starts to look worse and worse. I mean, the main thing that is incredible is how good uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is at looking uncomfortable in his own body. It is, you know, you see a movie enough times and then you start to just look at the stuff in the background and just him, his faces and his weird mannerisms are so, they're so good. Uh, I I was really enjoying it. One thing that he did is he actually wore 
locked knee braces. Oh. So that he could not move naturally. <laughs> that is that is some commitment. Well, yeah. I mean, it it sells it the entire thing. Yeah. Like, what would it look like if there was something inside your body that was trying to work its way out while you are just doing normal everyday mm-hmm. things? And he was stumbling around all bumbly. Oh. It was a, I mean, he he showed what it would look like if you put 50 pounds of poop in a 10-pound bag. <laughs> he, Essentially, that's what it, it was. It looks like he's going to explode out of himself, but yeah. in a contained way. It's so How good. did he hide the seams? <laughs> that's, you got to use clothespins behind. Ah. It slowly pulls it back a little slowly bit Slowly pulls it back. And that's the other part about like skin when it breaks down. It gets real mushy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, lo- it actually loses the properties that make it important. It makes uh, it leaky. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what I was saying. So, like, as his skin is getting um, worse, as he is decaying, as he is becoming more, you know, like, he, his skin is no longer alive. It's no longer being supplied with blood flow. And you can see it at, um, as the scenes change throughout the movie. So his fingers become cyanotic. They start to turn blue. Then by the end, they're black on the tips. Um, and so, at, you know, when, when your body circulation stops, those are things that we, that we notice. Uh, also, his eyes get more and more milky until by the end you can't even, you can't even see his pupils in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, it's just kind of breaking down. It's breaking down in kind of a a Hollywoody way, but it's just, it it just gets more ugly. It gets grosser and greasier, but really it gets drier and more um, more translucent. So you can like kind of see through, you can see the structures beneath it. It's like Anatomy Lab. Yes, it is like Anatomy Lab. <laughs> Uh, but a lot of people don't have that experience. That is true. Anatomy Lab, I remember the first day we saw our cadavers. They were pretty, like, the skin felt really weird, but that's because they were prepped. Mm-hmm. But definitely was on that translucent kind it's, of side. It's more, I mean, it's, your body is the way that it is because it has, it's repairing itself all the time. So when your circulation stops, it stops that repair. Basically, by the time we got the the bodies that were donated for our cadaver lab, they are... They're like leather preserved almost. They they they're trying to keep them from rotting. They they're not. Um, so I had the the spray bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's you actually have to rehydrate it to to do some of the dissecting. Um, but the point is, we don't you you can't preserve the bodies. You can't do what like an embalmer would because that would ruin the anatomy, the, med- the, the usefulness right. of them. Yeah, and so the bodies are are preserved. They're dry. They're in a they're in a refrigerated lab all year, um, and. And so that's how we slowly do that particular study of medicine. I think some schools are moving more towards virtual stuff. Surgeon but, simulator. Yeah. I mean, that is the best way to learn by a surgeon simulator. I mean, it's also a weird thing to do with bodies, but also I think it's a useful, it's a useful piece of medical teaching because you have to be able to, to deal with bodies. That's what you You don't is. want the first exposure right. to a spleen being a spleenectomy. Oh, that's what that looks like. It's bigger than the picture. Oh, I, you don't want to say that during the search. You could, oh, I, I thought it was. Where's my hair so clip to clamp it? <laughs> that is, I did say that during a, a baby delivery when the placenta came out because it's. It's a big pancake. You can read about it all you want to. And until you see that it's bigger than the baby, your brain can't really comprehend. It is a floppy, bloody ban- pancake. At least it's not a squid. Yes. <laughs> I mean that does get delivered later. Yes, we do. There is a squid that is delivered in the movie. You should watch Men in Black. Yes, if you, you haven't seen it. Otherwise, it's gonna not make yeah. any sense. And then when Edgar goes to find a vehicle to drive around and he kills the, the exterminator. exterminator, that that scene was kind of weird too. Um, he takes a big hose, or it was like a big needle. He's got a pressure. Uh, one of those pressure like, wand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and that's then, what exterminators use just to like spray stuff around. And he jammed it deep into the person's throat and then just sprays a bunch. And it makes you wonder what killed him first. Uh, you were even, I mean, those things don't put up enough pressure to to turn you into a balloon. A balloon. Uh, you know, it's clearly the the inflation is clearly for for Hollywood effect. For comedic effect. But if you stab that thing down somebody's throat, you're, there's some important structures structures down your throat. You could potentially do some bet damage. It, it wouldn't, I don't think it would kill you instantly. No. Also, the gas wouldn't help. If it's <laughs> if it's a pesticide, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. Yeah. Generally, those are bad to ingest. Yes. Yeah. It would cause a lot of burns more than anything. Initially, it would cause a lot of burn. Cause that, or, burns. Organophosphate poisoning, mm-hmm. is that what So you get real leaky. That's what I remember. Yeah. All the all the secretions that can secrete secrete. 
lacrament. Oh man, I hate when I can't remember fancy words. Lacrimation. Lacrimation. Yeah. Lacrimation is the tears, and then salivation, and then rhinorrhea. Rhinorrhea, which Diarrhea. is runny nose. So it's come up that I have a glass eye on this podcast more than once. Uh, Lacrolube is the name of the fake tears yeah. that I use. I use that for something else. <laughs> it's a lot more expensive than some of the. Uh, I, the I like a premium product. <laughs> we you use that. You. We still use lacrolube for like patients with Bell's palsy because they can't fully close their eyes. So but it's it's the same situation for me. Like I can't unless I consciously do it. I'm not blinking fully in my left eye. So we have to like lube up that eye, and it is used quite a bit still. But in this situation, it's your eyes are just going to be so watery, and it's just. Leaking. I think we've talked about organophosphates before and made you grossed out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but if I think the thing with organophosphates is if it can leak, it will leak. Yeah. And that's kind of how I remembered it. Like a field of dream situation. Yes. If you have if, organophosphates, if you, it, you will leak. You will you leak. Will leak. <laughs> how dare you? Um, what else did we learn in this? This very varied movie. Yeah. Um, it, a lot of scenes in the coroner's office. Yes. Or, or the uh, the medical examiner's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, did you jot down what the sign said that you <laughs> must check in? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, uh, if you are picking up or dropping off a dead body, please check in at reception. <laughs> it was like a very fancy sign on the outside. I thought it was going to be some great Easter egg. And it's probably just filmed at a coroner's office. Yes. Yeah. You definitely want to know who's bringing in dead bodies. Yeah, please, please check in. Also, if you're checking out any bodies, you kind of want to write it down. So There's like no that. like have a body, take a body. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> it's a big tray. That reminds me though, when I was in the corner, like when I did my medical examiner rotation, there was like a bunch of bodies on tables, and then there was this closet in the back, and I was like, "What's in there? Don't open that closet." They're like, <laughs> "Oh, it's the unclaimed room." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those that exists. That's a lost thing. and found. I mean, it was a lot of dry aged bodies back there. Is kind of how I remember it, and I don't think Hollywood can ever convey the smell itself of a a medical examiner coroner's place. But yeah, which isn't, which Ooh. is very different from the smell of the anatomy lab, which has its own distinct. Smell. One makes We've, you hungry. One does. Yeah. Not. So, so I'm I'm currently you know as we're recording this I'm also editing the Severance podcast episode that you would have probably listened to a couple weeks ago now. Um, uh, <laughs> we de- we've we talked, talked so severance. much about smells. Yeah. Smells are important. Like it's it's definitely one of those things that it's hard to convey. Oh, well, it's impossible to convey through. TV I think we all learned movies. a lot more about it after we got COVID and we couldn't smell anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also affects your sense of taste. And so that in- affects your enjoyment of everything in life. The more interesting thing about smell that we're learning is how much it is tied to memory and nostalgia. And your your nerve endings from your nose go basically directly into your brain. It's one of like the closest senses that we get. Um, and it's linked a lot to memory. That's why, you know, you're at the county fair and you smell something and then you're... You and smell then you corn. go to the county corner and then it's totally different. <laughs> you smell <laughs> corn. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, we, we have talked about smell a lot. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Um, it, but uh, you guys really picked up in the very first corner scene, uh, picked up a lot on the language they were using. Yeah. I think one of them. That's, I think before the language, we should talk about what is a practical choice of outfit for work. Yes, and maybe this is even on many levels because Will Smith is wearing the most before he gets his men in black. This suit. is not a fashion podcast. <laughs> it's not a fashion <laughs> podcast. But I think if you, it's like if there's literally a pink elephant in the room and you don't talk about it, then you haven't talked about the fact that he's wearing a Coleman tent for half of the movie. <laughs> His initial outfit was a white football jersey top and clearly looked like a prisoner's jumpsuit. Yeah, it looked, I mean, he was working, he must have been working undercover. And then the, the third outfit is his his track racing suit. <laughs> and I don't think Johnny's joke is appropriate for our audience, but it was a great joke. Yeah, it, it looked it, like an adult film. Uh, pit crew. Pit yeah, crew. <laughs> That's. I mean, but also, yes. What <laughs> is the vaguest sense of a pit crew member? 
that. that. Yeah. Yes. But um, also, he's mopping. Mm-hmm. He's certainly mopping. <laughs> 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 um, and then, meanwhile, Linda Florentino. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. A, <laughs> that was how this tangent got started. Yeah. Um, where wearing appropriate clothing for work, right? So she has a one piece dress, which is like it's a very nice dress. She looks, she's wearing it well, but and it's pumps. also like pumps and a um the dress is cut off like mid thigh whatever also you're going to cut into a bunch of dead bodies and the court the medical examiner's office that's not that's not nice dead bodies it's Spla- they're splashed though yeah it's it's like you it know it was brown at least long term <laughs> long term deep co- decomp murder scene stuff like like this is the stuff where they're like oh we need the medical examiner to look at this and there's no way you wear that to work you there's bloat yeah. You're going to deal with bloat. You're going to have to use a striker saw to saw into stuff. And striker saws don't cut clean. They spray. What is a striker saw? It's a type of saw that you can use to cut into like hard things like bone and whatnot. So it won't cut into soft tissue, but it'll cut into bone. Oh, okay. It's actually a really cool kind of... I would like... I don't know what that is. I need to... You know, it's like a... It's also used as a cast saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um, it's like a vibratory saw. Okay. That makes sense. So I, I did a lot of urgent care and that's one of those things people come in to get their cast off and they you get this saw and the saw... Because you're cutting off plaster, the saw is full of dust. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, who breaks their bones? It's little kids. So then you bring this old rickety saw in and you flick it on, dust flies out. It's also the loudest thing possible. And it's like screaming and shooting dust. And so you have, like, you can actually grab the blade and be like, look, it's safe. It's not going to hurt you. And that you can, you can diffuse a, a very anxious child that way. Yeah. You could even be like, here, hold, put it on my skin. You, can, you can't hurt it. Yeah. There's, there's also a, a smell associated with taking off that cast. Yeah. Smoke. <laughs> oh yeah. That is very true. It's a two it's a two-pronged attack. Um first it's the smokiness of cutting the the cast. Then it's the other whatever was under the cast for then the last 8 weeks. Yeah. We got to you got to be like all right, it's going to be stinky. You're you got to let them cool know stuff. Sometimes. Oh, how many pennies did you put down there yeah. and why? Oh, a plastic knife was it itchy? It was it? It was a Jolly Rancher. I'm just confused. Oh, that would be the worst. I was gonna get it later. Yeah, <laughs> legitimately, Jolly Rancher would be the worst because it would start like dissolving and eroding at your skin. Yeah, kids are fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Pressure sore, then infection. But back to Linda Fiorentino. Not an appropriate outfit. Um, you're and gonna that, bring home them, and that's them that is not a like. Oh, uh, you can't wear that. It's like that's not a practical outfit to wear for this job. It it would be disgusting. Yeah, you have to go home at some point, right? <laughs> and you want to be able to take the thing off and throw it in the hospital. Like, hey, and I, you guys clean this. And there was a scene where she wore like a, she had like a, a cover. Like, yeah, I I I looked at it and thought Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, uh, like the uh, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter's only cover neck up. down. PPE, no neck, no goggles or things like yeah, a mask. They, or they wear like full everything that because things you also don't know where that person's been. So whatever they had, disease wise, is still potentially viable, and you might get it. I don't poke yourself. Yes, you still have to use sharp because You had to do all the stuff you're supposed to do. All the more reason not to wear a thigh high dress because they definitely died of something. Yeah, yeah, and also she like she's not like. Doing appointments with people, right? Like that, her job is to go in and and look at those bodies. So it's just a weird choice. She she's not the like mortician, right? Correct. Who's meeting with families and saying sorry for your loss? She's yeah, hanging she's, out in the. She has too to fig- much real work to do. Yeah. 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 She's trying to figure out why you died. Yeah, which kind of comes to the next point of figuring out how people die. They usually do. They can they'll do like a laparotomy or some kind of Y incision to do look in there. Yes. I like when I realize the tangent that got us to a place. <laughs> you can probably see it on my phone. Uh, yeah, that was that was the whole thing about the, the words that they were used. So like medical jargon, medical jargon in the middle of this. Although it wasn't, it's another thing where like they're saying words and they're saying appropriate words. Yes. But they're not putting their hands in the appropriate place to match the words that they're talking about. So they did a laparotomy where they quote, I started at the lesser curvature of the stomach to the gastroesophageal junction. You feel that pyloric junction? Notice the stomach missing? I mean, well, no, she, she didn't say notice the stomach missing. Notice, she said notice missing. anything. And it, and the he's stomach, like, everything, lungs, he's heart. Like, right. Also, the one thing you would notice from that exam is the stomach. Yeah. 
you would not notice the heart or lungs missing from those places. Those are the heart and lungs are above the diaphragm. But also those terms that she used are descriptors for it, the it stomach. It is the stomach, right? Yes. The if, you lesser, put your, if you put your hand at the place that's not there, you'll notice it's not, not there. there. But you wouldn't say like oh, I was gonna say touch my eyeball, but then I was like, Oh, this is not <laughs> like that's not fair. <laughs> I was literally just thinking of anything. You wouldn't you say could. touch my eyeball to Johnny. Right. You wouldn't say you wouldn't say touch my eyeball while touching somebody's nose, right? Like yeah. you're that's it's just totally it's wrong. She used very, very strong descriptors of a stomach that was not that's, present. Yeah, actually that's a better it's like it would be saying like touch my pupil and iris. Also, I I don't have an eyeball. Yeah. And that's essentially what she did. Yes. Um, and like why are, why point it out then? Like I don't know, but yeah, she's like, there's nothing there. The language she used though was where the bada 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 would be. No, she said check out the. She literally said check out this junction. Check okay, out the G junction. I, th- so I thought that, she said move move aside where the junction would. So be. move aside. Uh, move aside where the pyloric junction is. The pyloric. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so, the pyloric so, junction is the connection between your stomach to your duodenum. So it goes. Mouth, esophagus, your mouth is connected to your esophagus. Your esophagus is connected to your stomach. We talked about how your body is a series of tubes. You could even think of it as a, a bunch of different bags <laughs> connected to each other. But the esophagus and the stomach, that's the, the GE junction, is the gastroesophageal junction. Gastrum is the fancy doctor word for stomach. Nobody says gastrum. The fancy word for esophageal is esophageal. Is esophageal. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a uh, you know put you, okay. So put your hand at the place and then notice that like it, it's just it's a weird way to walk someone through someone's. I mean, anatomy. the other way to do it is be like, hey, I just cut this body open with a Y incision and I can just fold it open. Look, there's nothing on the inside. Yeah. It's empty. <laughs> Look at all the room for activities. <laughs> yes, but that all made no sense at all. But doctor words, doctor words. I mean, it kind of goes through. All this extra stuff to make it sound real, but none of it makes sense if you pay That attention. is how doctors talk to each other. Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that don't make sense, I'm going to go on a random tangent. Uh, Kay was talking about uh, CT scans and how it was company policy to get a CT scan every six months. Yeah. That's, I mean, that means they're dealing with something that causes um, luminescent findings on an x-ray which is not good for you that would mean you you probably are exposed to some sort of bony cancer causing material or brain cancer material oh yes Uh, ct scans can see soft tissue yes ct scans are good at seeing masses and Mm -hmm. leads um depending if you do contrast or not so that's the scary part but also the problem with having too many ct scans is you get cancer you get yeah then you need more ct scans is there a difference between ct scan and cat scan no nope it's, cons- uh, I believe it's computer-assisted or computer-aided topography. It's just a fancy way of saying we're taking a bunch of x-rays and then using a computer to re... Um, to make it look neat. Yeah. So yeah. Re- using a computer so you can look at it and it looks like a body. So essentially what a CT scan does is think of it like a radiation knife that cuts your head into multiple slices. It also can be used in a lot of... It does not just your head. Cuts your body parts into various slices and then the computer calculates the density that it receives and reconstructs it into slices. Yeah, it's actually it's it's a pretty cool thing when you have the ability to like actually look at a CT scan and mess around with it in your own when you get to take the wheel, like a lot when of you times you get to drive. Right. A lot of times in the hospital you get something like a CT scan and you have you go to and talk to the radiologist um and they'll be like, "Well, I saw this" and they'll kind of walk you through it, but it's it's hard to see what someone else sees when they're, you know, if they're using the mouse on the computer, it's really hard to do it. So you can really start to see cool stuff on the CT scan. If you can set the contrast the way that you like, the way it makes sense to you. Um, and also if you're like, Oh, you can move back and forth and kind of see the structures a little bit better. The radiologists are so good at seeing stuff that is, looks like smudges. To I me. tell them they're the Kings of where's Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I can never find the tiny things that they find. But also, I don't have the attention span to find what they find. Yeah. Nor the ability to stay awake in a dark room for as long as they can. I, that happened to me multiple times during radiology. Like, I fell asleep. asleep. Uh, I'm asleep. And then also, you look around and, like, other people are also asleep. 
That was in this dark I, climate controlled room. I remembered when I did my radiology rotation, my attending would just look at me like, are you asleep again? Sorry. It's, like, it's been a long day. It, You've been here for one hour. Like, yes, but I also worked for nine hours before that. The sad part was that was my rotation. I just had to go in for four hours a day and I fell asleep every day. <laughs> Those, are, good. Those are the hard drinking rotations. <laughs> <laughs> the hard learning rotations? Hard learning yes, rotations. Yes. yes, very much so. What did you think about the erasing of fingerprints? Because oh. all men in black people have their identities completely erased. Um, that's It's interesting. People have tried this in the past. Like criminals have tried to do this in the past. And it certainly works to a point. The problem is if you are picked up by the police and they're like, oh, we have these weird fingerprints that nobody, but they still match oil, your fingerprints. No. <laughs> like you, it's, you have the messed up fingerprints that mm-hmm. match what they have. Um, I mean, I guess if you were like a gang of a bunch of people, then you could have denied like oh, that wasn't me. Um, there's a, I re- there was some case where somebody like actually shaved their fingerprints off and then cut them into puzzle pieces and glued them back together. But again, they like that's what your fingerprints are. So we can we can figure it out. <laughs> like unless you're going to completely stop your life of crime. Right. And there's been no fingerprint of you previously. I think in that case, oh god, I hope this was not a CSI episode because it certainly could have been. But I think in that case, what I'm thinking of, I I watch a lot of crew crimes, true crew crime, good old true crew crime. Tri- crew crime. This is a crew crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they the police officer, so they got this weird set of fingerprints, and then they got this guy with weird fingerprints, and then they were able to cut the fingerprints apart and put them back together to actually see what his real fingerprints are, because you can't. It's like the the ones that were on his fingers that were in puzzle pieces you can't use because they're not his real fingerprint. Mm-hmm. I actually had a patient when I was in Albuquerque. It was one of my adult patients who wanted to live off the grid and just cut off all of his fingers, tips, mm-hmm. and then burned them. Yeah. I mean, that, w- that would do it, but then that's Guess what why- your fingerprints look like. <laughs> Guess why he came into the hospital? Infected burn. You know it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did I not figure that out? Johnny, you should be a doctor. Yeah. I'm like... What happened? I burned my fingers. All well, of them at once? Just the tips. You know, just the tips. Just to let you know, though, how dare you, um, <laughs> that sometimes they get your palm as well as part of your life scanning. Did he come back in? No. Like a, oh, a week later, well, with I, the never, palm cut. I never saw him Look, after that. I, I mean, here's the thing. He you, also had a lot of other burns from cooking. From, yeah. <laughs> I'm it, doing air quotes to signify. It's, it's a type cooking. of cooking. Yes. Wait, it, 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 it just, you know, one of those Albuquerque specialties. You know, what what kind of cooking is Albuquerque known for? Uh, red and green chili. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, I could go for some green chili. But I remembered that smell. That guy had the methiest smell that I've ever smelled. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, it no. smells like butane gas. Ah, fair enough. Because ex- after an explosion, I should say. Sorry. Because they're using it. Yes. He also smelled like uh, no more eyebrows. <laughs> One of the things, I mean, from from watching all that type of true crime stuff and like, you know, deconstructing the criminal, it's like your criminals are often smarter than the law enforcement, but they're not smarter than like fifteen detectives working for years and years at a time. Like, you're, guess what? They'll come up with a thing. They'll figure it out. There's always a mistake. Yeah, mistakes were made. Yeah, and if there's not, then there's not a true crime podcast. Right? They said, then I wouldn't know about it. So. Uh, there'll be no crew chime. Yeah. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. I know everything because I, l- I learned about the things I learned. I know all the stuff about those things. They all got caught though. They did. Well, I won't get caught yeah. this time. <laughs> I know what I'll do. Crew chime, by the way, is my Columbus soccer podcast. <laughs> uh, the Columbus crew chime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a very strong name. I, I would I would trademark that now <laughs> for sure. Uh, what else was weird? Um, I liked when, okay, so still when they were in the morgue, right? And they, they open up the face mm-hmm. and the little alien is in there and he's got his little seat that he's sitting on. And then he has his steampunk controls to control that whole body. Mm-hmm. And he has five levers and five foot pedals. I know because I count. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking like, what are the important body functions to control this body with five levers and five foot pedals? He doesn't, it's not a lot. Yeah. They're not multiple articulations. Just you got left, you got forward and back on five levers and on and off on the feet. 
did you play Quop? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because that's what, uh, for those of you that don't know, Quop is this internet game. Oh it was a flash god. game from what like 2006. Have? <laughs> you have four buttons to control each limb, and you try to run ten meters. And this might sound real easy. Wait until you play. Yeah, Quop. I mean, I like you will laugh if you watch people try to do it. It's Q U Q W O P. Yeah, it's it's the precursor to games like Surgeon Sim- Simulator. Yeah, but that's what I think. That's what I thought of when you said that. I'm like, it's Quop. I it's mean, the world's best Quop player. <laughs> <laughs> there is a world's best uh, Quop player somewhere, and I doubt they know that. Maybe yeah. there's an episode, or and oh. Maybe there's a game where they eat pierogi. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> you have to just do everything to get the pierogi. <laughs> QWOP, just like wobbling it up and down. The P stands for pierogi. The P stands for pierogi, yes. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. I don't know why there's so many levers unless you're controlling each joint. I mean, it just I doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense, no. right? Like. Why do you need? I mean, you have two limbs, so like I'm at least thinking even stuff mm-hmm. or hands. Maybe you're controlling the hands separately. One could be the mouth. I thought if you talk, it'll just do that. Also, hey, if he ate <laughs> yeah, the pierogi, I, mean, I, I know if I designed that, I would not have a separate mouth control. It would when I talk, it talks. Well, <laughs> if you you might have noticed when the thing opened up, there was no mouth hole. So where, does, where did the pierogi go? Exactly. <laughs> where does the, but where does the pierogi go? That's what I wanted to know. Where did the pierogi <laughs> the movie go? ruined. Yeah. Oh, that would be so... Perry I mean, Summerfield. like, yeah, unless, unless the alien itself gets the pierogi, there's no point. Like, yes, maybe your body needs sustenance, but then you don't go to the pierogi. Yeah. And he, oh, where's the pierogi hole? <laughs> which lever controls the pierogi hole? Which lever controls the pierogi, lever controls the pierogi <laughs> hole? Also, how does the alien poop? They actually specifically said these. All these aliens ate, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they specifically said no rectum. They said, "Yeah, no rectum." Yeah, which is what damn near killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say that, <laughs> and I think I've mentioned this before. This was my final exam on my NICU rotation. Was what's wrong with this baby? I did a full head to toe exam, and I triumphantly exclaimed, "There is no butthole." Yes, Jackson, but that took you three hours. <laughs> I was very thorough. <laughs> like, number of hairs, check. <laughs> Two eyes were still good. But 11 fingers, close enough. One pierogi hole, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's no where butthole. Where does the pierogi go? <laughs> but where does the pierogi but go? where does the pierogi go? But yeah, that that is a very big thing of not having an anus. You, it is not as easy as punching a hole in. You actually have to reconstruct it. And I have a friend who had that done. What, the handlebar hole? Uh, small intestine was not connected. Ooh. Oh, that's, so, a diff- that's actually a different thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's also an <laughs> important thing to get corrected. Yeah, because they, they might be born with a dimple. Mm-hmm. And if the dimple does not connect through, that is also a problem. Yes. So that's why no one goes home unless they poop in the first 24 hours. Which is a good segue to the alien delivery. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jay delivers. Wait, a- wait, but that, I mean, that's right before like uh, the Jay comes up with, or not Jay, the, the alien says the galaxy is on Orion's belt. It's like huge classic line. I st- it's a stupid thing I still say to this mm-hmm. day. I've said it within the last week. So I like this movie. You should watch it. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It's fun. Um, but going back to Jay delivering a baby. Yes, Jay, Jay does deliver a baby, and like I've always said, babies mostly just deliver themselves. Like that was he had no training for that. I mean, was it was it more than he wanted to do at that moment? Yes, but he got it out. He did okay. You've delivered way more babies than I have. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it's true, but not very many. But more. Than <laughs> <laughs> have you like- had to deliver anyone in a random? Location like this before? I have not. I ha- I have been blessed with never having a story of me actually having to be a doctor in a situation that needed one. I thought you were going to full stop saying. I've had a. <laughs> I've, I've been very blessed <laughs> to never, never be put to. in a situation I've of being a doctor. Never had to be a doctor. <laughs> um, no, I. I mean, I. You know, you have tons of stories. I mean, you. You work in the ER. It's very yeah. different. But some of the people I did training with have these stories. You know, like. First on the scene in an accident or blah, 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 or on an airplane. I Nothing has ever happened. 
And after that one doctor on American Airlines, I don't think I want to do anything anyway. Which doctor? What happened? The the young black doctor who they asked to show them her doctor oh, credentials after they asked for a doctor on the plane. She's like, I'm a doctor. And they were like, we don't believe you. Show us your credentials. I'd be like, all right, okay. I'm sitting back down. Sitting back down. Who <laughs> cares? I remembered when I was on a flight and they said, we need a doctor. And I just sat there just waiting. <laughs> And I heard someone stand up. He's like, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm like, okay, time for me to stand up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bashing on psychiatrists. but he, Actually, he is bashing no. on psychiatrists. He should not. No. no. It takes all kinds of us to do doctors. None of us want to do psychiatry. No. no. God, I, no. I, I am so happy that psychiatrists exist. I deal with it enough at my job, and I don't want to deal yeah. with it. But this patient had a fever, and the mom wanted us to divert. How much cowbell did you have? Zero. <laughs> That's not in their kit? No. <laughs> That kid did not have enough cowbell. But then they wanted to divert. And I'm like, no. And they said, what kind of doctor are you? And for some reason, I was wearing my my jacket that said emergency medicine on it. Like, First of all, what kind of reader are you? It's clearly written. It's, yeah. cl- it's written it clearly on says emergency medicine, pediatric. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. No divert. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal to divert for an uncomfortable baby. But also, I don't have any babies. It, so. it was a four-year-old who was on a tablet and felt hot. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) like, like first let's get, before we divert the plane, let's get a temperature. Let's talk about fevers for a second. (laughs) I'm his, I'm his mom. He is hot. And I go, fevers don't cause brain damage. Thank you. I hear it a lot. It's not true. People have a lot of weird notions about stuff. I mean, fevers aren't great, but. They make you by feel, the, they by they the time they've like damaged you. your brain, other other worse things have happened to you. Your hypothalamus will control your temperature, and the only time you have a fever that can potentially be life threatening is if you're in a heat stroke situation. That is the one time where you can actually get like really bad protein denaturing. But if your hypothalamus still works, it can regulate it to a temperature that's not deadly. Is, is that why you never get the window seat on the plane? I so do. you're out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the heat stroke. All right, it was a stretch, but I I liked it. <laughs> that was quite the stretch, sir. <laughs> Anyways, going back to our original yeah, tangent. Back back to delivering babies in a cab. Um, I think the the other thing that we made note of was in the baby spit up. Oh yeah. Oh well, I mean, people do deliver babies and stuff in strange places. My friends have definitely done it. Every every single one of the people I was in residency with had some story about a baby they delivered somewhere. Not me. I don't know. I'm, and I'm happy. I'm fine with it. I don't need those experiences. Um, Same. Probably if you're not, if you don't feel comfortable delivering a baby, you should try to get that person to a place where they feel comfortable. But human beings have been having babies for a while. And most of the time, your baby will come out, especially if you are a low risk pregnancy person. Also, this is not a baby delivery podcast, <laughs> but like certainly stressful, certainly would be scary. But most of the time, births are pretty uneventful um most of the time yeah and, and when they're well, the problem is is when they're not uneventful they're real scary and things can go real real wrong because there's two, events right they're too eventful <laughs> they're, they're way, <laughs> many way more events than just the birth of a baby are yeah. happening but that baby spit up so much yeah, gunk. A lot. and the first thing i mentioned was meconium mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is baby poop it's the it's a very specific type of baby poop tar poop it's the f- the first couple of poops that come out it's because the baby hasn't eaten anything and there it's just the digestive tract that's kind of it being formed in the mom baby poops out it's really gross and green it's tar poop it's tar sticky and green and gross and it's also a sign that things are working so it's you know one of those six of one half a dozen of the other but the problem with it is if you have if you pooped on the way out and mm. you can potentially aspirate, aspirate it. it and yeah. that's the big concern those kids like don't do as well initially they need like suctioning sometimes they need intubations this is something that i wish courtney was here to talk about more yeah and i mean things can get really complicated and that's why especially with our healthcare system you you probably want to deliver in a place that can escalate as needed because we don't have infrastructure to support things like midwives which is sad but um there are things that can go wrong and even a in a pretty normal delivery and you you definitely want to to do the thing that's going to give baby best chance of being happy and healthy it's better to be over prepared in this situation yeah. than under prepared now is spitting up something that happens that early or generally not because 
So you can have some retained fluid um, and cause some spitting up, but it's not that extreme of a level since for my, humans. Since my friends have recently had babies, all babies spit up always. <laughs> That's but not at birth. <laughs> not like, at birth. Yeah. Every baby has some level of like reflux because the gastroesophageal junction, <laughs> <laughs> that muscle is still pretty weak. So it can't really trap all the breast milk or formula, whatever you decide to feed your baby. Please, just one of those two. Um, it's Gallery stuck managers. down there. Yeah. Baby spit up after eating. Um, that's I, that's Babies can't really regulate their intake. They can't tell you when they're hungry other than screaming, and that's how they tell you everything. Unfortunately, uh, screaming is hunger, right. gas. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. The thing to realize too is the stomach is almost like a pressure vessel yeah. with a very poor pressure valve. So the minute there's too much gas and there's too much food in there, it's going to come up. Oh. And sometimes families will describe it as projectile. Mm-hmm. True projectile is quite the sight to see. Mm-hmm. It's exorcist level. It is legitimately how I describe that to families is does it look like the exorcist? Like if you threw up, would it hit me on the other side of this bed? Or does it just kind of come out a little bit and then land on their toes? That's kind of how you want to describe it to families. Yes. I, w- <laughs> I was making a lot of jokes and none of them were going to up in my blackmail folder. Yes, yeah. exactly. I see a lot of spitting up babies at work. And it, a lot of it is trying to suss out, is this something that's an emergency or is it just normal babies spit up? And you really have to throw up forcefully for me to think um, the more dangerous thing as opposed to the more calm thing. I sort of remember from family medicine that your your stomach is about the size of your fist. So your ba- a baby stomach is about the size of a baby fist. And if you think about two baby fists together, how much food can go in there safely. And then a baby is also just wiggle wiggle bag anyway. So you get some food in there and then you got a, you, you got a top that doesn't quite fit on <laughs> and you're going to get some spit up. Yeah. So just balance it out. Yeah. Just and, expect it. I mean, that's why babies get burped afterwards. You try to try to mitigate that beforehand. Yeah, I also tell families it's to get rid of the gas before it goes down into your small intestines because then they get fussy because they're too gassy. God, babies are impossible. <laughs> you gotta get rid of that gas. It's either going through the top or through the bottom. You gotta get out. Gotta get it out. The top, if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you want it to go. Optimally, that is where you want the gas to go because it'll cause a less fussy baby later on i that was a, that was a very very cute squid baby yes mm-hmm. um i always talk about the uh the utility and niceness of practical effects and the practical effects in this movie are great they are phenomenal the cgi ones it's Not it so ages great. exactly the way yeah, CGI it is 25 ages. years yeah. old yeah edgar looks no boy no no edgar looks great no Ed, Ed, bug edgar bug edgar oh yeah yeah <laughs> bug edgar no, some bueno. Yeah. Bug Edgar looks like uh, Area 51, the video game. Oh, my God. I forgot about that game. <laughs> oh, my God. I just remembered about that game. <laughs> I beat that game not too long ago. Uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Did you go to an arcade and beat it? Yeah. Uh, right before other Greg left, uh, we went to coin up. And- oh, my God. That must have cost you so much money. That's actually beat. one of the few games there that works pretty well. A yeah. lot of the games there are... Uh, it's like, oh, the left controller works. It's fine. But but their Area 51 works well. I hate that I know that. <laughs> yep, you get what you paid for. Uh, I think the the last few things I kind of wanted to mention was the iconic weapon of Will Smith, the noisy cricket. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is a tiny little puny pea shooter with a mega kick, I yep. guess is the best way to describe it. That would destroy your body. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a bunch in a, in a lot of other contexts where it's not it's not necessarily you hitting something, it's it's the speed at which you slow down or speed or speed up because that causes shearing forces on the inside. And so like if you are if you're holding something in your hand that literally blows you back 10 feet from standing, like your hands don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. You've also <laughs> accelerated that much and when you accelerate like that, that messes with the stuff on the inside. I mean, also your hands would be gone. Yeah, there is no way. And I, I think even the way he held it with like 
holding it the proper way. Mm-hmm. Oh, the proper way to hold a noisy cricket. Yes. I did go through that training. But yeah, at right. least not doing the cup and saucer. I don't know if you did the cup and saucer thing, but. The main thing is you can't rub your legs together while you're holding it. Yeah. Or you get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what <laughs> crickets, they're, they're, made, they're calling out to each other. <laughs> Do you get too The noisy, noisy cr- cricket makes the noise. I'm sorry. I. I'm fine with it. That was amazing. I am standing by this. So Will Smith's <laughs> pregnant now. <laughs> well, he knows how to deliver. <laughs> but that, his guts would have been destroyed too with that shockwave, right? Oh, oh, this is you're reminding me. So I when I first saw this movie, I don't I didn't look up like like You first I, saw it when you were in like seventh grade. Right. I don't remember when. <laughs> it was ninety seven, so Okay. Fifth okay. Grade, fifth grade. Yeah, um that makes sense. So my, I saw this movie. My mom used to go and um, to Maxwell Street Market and buy bootleg tapes because then then we could watch movies and we weren't watching TV. So whatever, we still watched TV. Side of Polish sausage. <laughs> we got and we got uh, TJ ta- not TJ uh, like street tacos. There, they're so good. We'd eat like my mom would get forty of them and we'd eat them all week. Maxwell Street, yum. Um, but it's just it's like an outdoor uh, swap meet farmers market in Chicago. Kind of thing in Chicago, yeah. And so my mom would come home with with bootleg movies or she would let us pick them out, but she would come home with the movies. And one of them that she got was men in black. It was one of those times where like, you're like, how did they get this copy? Like this is pristine. It is, it is the studio copy. It's not somebody in a movie theater. It's just like, this is incredible. And it's a month before the movie comes out. Oh, cool. But I didn't realize that the CGI was not done on that particular copy. (laughs) So the practical effects are in there. But then when I watch when the, when I started watching it, I was like, oh, I got to watch this movie. <laughs> I started watching it and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that thing bounce around. I've never seen anything on any of the screens because it just wasn't there. <laughs> so That's funny. Like, uh, so the bug was there, but it was real. It was real rudimentary, but also it was fine because the movie was great. It doesn't like, oh, yeah, it's a gross bug. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very this is like. Oh, there were <laughs> there were things in this movie I had not seen. Uh, but the thing with the out. when it's bouncing around and it hits the lamps, all those lamps move, but you just don't know what's, what's doing it. Um, K or is it? Yeah, K just kind of like moves his head, moves his head a little bit for no reason. It, there's like some jokes that don't land. The donut explodes, and it, it's just like <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, that kind of little nostalgia there. I can yeah. almost I can almost smell my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, smell is linked to memory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the last one I wrote down here was um, ultimately K decides MIB is not the life for him and gets neuralized. Oh, crap. I forgot to talk about the science. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the neuralizer. You're yeah. going to talk about the science of the neuralizer. The, the science of I don't know how the hell this works. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait for this no, thing got- that you're about to make up. <laughs> well, red and green lights. Right. <laughs> Apparently, if you cycle it according to fringe at certain intervals, it makes you. I don't. I got nothing. Um, if you push the gum sticks together, then you make a bomb that you put. It, sorry, we talked about this was Mission Impossible. Yes, but <laughs> kind of, I do want to talk about it. like is there is there anything that you can think of that relates closely to like a neuralizer? Um, alcohol. Alcohol. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Boozahol. I somehow went back in time and don't remember it. Oh no, that's what it is. You don't lay down new memories. It's not. It's not like a neuralizer. Mm-hmm. No, you you never you never experience those just things get that you did. Deleted. Yeah, I don't. I mean, even eternal eternal sunshine. They kind of tried to do something like that, but that wasn't laying down new memories either. Is Jackson going to find out the neuralizer and internal sunshine are not real science? <laughs> is he going to find that out right now today? I mean, my head's going to explode. <laughs> Maybe but if you're Tony Shalhoub, you're fine. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub was in this movie too. And oh. David Cross. And there's David a, Cross. Oh, that's good. And Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. And uh, Vern Troyer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we did find that out. Man, that, that took us down a deep dark hole mm-hmm. there too. Mm-hmm. Vern Troyer, Mini-Me, is in this movie. For See if you can two find 2.2 2 seconds. Yes. Yeah. And also you'll be like, oh, that's yep, Vern Troyer. That Troyer. For he, sure. he is titled, or he's credited as Alien Baby. Alien Son. Alien Son, yeah. Oh. I was sorry. I didn't mean to gender, um, but but you, if you watch it, you will find him. Yeah. If you if you look for it, you, the Men in Black use they pronouns though. That yeah. Was, it was Very interesting that they did. We that. are they. We are them. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you describe what gender is to 
aliens who might not be binary. It's true. If you're gonna if you're gonna make any case, you can no longer use a binary system when you're dealing with another species. Yeah, it's a squid. It's a it is a squid. Congratulations! It's, it's a, squid. a squid. That is the correct way to go about it. Um, but so nothing. Could it be something similar to causing a seizure? Oh, there is one thing I can think of. ECT. Yeah. Yeah. That I, was, that I was, don't know. If right you saw, when he said seizure, I was like, <laughs> that one. I don't know if you saw me clapping under the table. Do <laughs> uh, you want to describe ECT? Uh, electroconvulsive therapy, which is also kind of a misnomer because the, the way they do it now, maybe you might see a little bit of a twitch in somebody. It's the thing that they use in One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest. Um, it's the thing that they use in... Whenever they're trying to show psychiatry, psychiatric treatments as a barbaric thing, they use ECT, where they put electrodes on the side of your head and they, um, they, they shock your brain. It's, it is way different than it used to be. It probably was extremely barbaric, like a lot of medicine was in the beginning. Um, but f- for especially cases of refractory depression... It is and literally pregnancy. a life-saving thing. I was mm-hmm. going to add pregnancy, Jackson, if you let me finish what no. else. <laughs> but there's, so most of our drugs to treat depression are really not, I, I mean, a lot of medicine just can't be tested safely in pregnancy. So most of the drugs that we have for depression can't be used in pregnancy, but pregnancy and hormonal changes in pregnancy are, a depression in pregnancy and hormonal changes that can lead to depression are a real thing in pregnancy. It just becomes harder and harder to treat, but you can use ECT safely and that's a pretty great, I mean, it's a good thing. The main side effect is memory loss. Yeah. And so, yeah, you that's that's a that's legitimate it. neuralizer, I guess. Did you ever get to press the button? Nope. Like I said, I have, I've never done it. <laughs> I've never had to do anything. That was actually a big part of our psych rotation mm-hmm. was we would attach the, the probe or the elect, or have someone attach the electrodes. They would have an anesthesiologist. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. Um, <laughs> uh, they would have an uh, anesthesiologist actually sedate the patient that's crazy paralyze them and then they're like you want to press the button Boop. and then they, they get a little jolt yeah. and then that's it and uh, then you get you, then you have short-term memory loss <laughs> and then you're not super depressed yeah and and it's it's the sort of thing that when in pop culture which is you know what this pop podcast is about like in pop culture it's not something that that's for depression generally it's 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 always it's almost always as like cruel torture of a yeah of cruel a, torture of, uh, of a schizophrenic person exactly. a person who's really like having a mental break and it's that's not what it it's for definitely not what it's for now um, and also for the patients that it is selected for it is a life changing thing mm-hmm. and it's like a, it it has such a bad image that it it doesn't matter if you explain I, it like I I've talked about before that that there was a time when I was hospitalized for depression and there were people who were there with me. Who were in there because they were, yeah. they're in every you know, uh, eight to twelve weeks because they got to they got to get your stuff and yeah. that's the stuff that works. Yep. Now ketamine, ketamine's I, the other one that people are starting to use now. Yeah, but that's different and it does. I don't. I can't start talking about it and not have a long discussion about it. And we should find a reason to talk about it about ketamine. Yeah. Um, because it's we'll find a person. It's more of a psychedelic and that has its own treatment. That that's starting. We're starting to see how that can have really good beneficial treatment. And it's, I don't want to throw it into a two second anecdote mm-hmm. where I get distracted. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we don't want you going on tangents. I mean, you, you don't, I don't, I don't want to go on this one because I would rather talk about it. Because there. you want it to be a dedicated. Yeah. Um, but, oh, about memory. Oh, so, so the thing I was thinking about with the neuralizer was just how. Um, we, there's memory has plasticity, so it's moldable. And so that's why people can so passionately remember a thing very different. And granted, two people experiencing something are experiencing it from their own perspective. So like even no matter what, their memories of it aren't going to be the same. But like over time, you're, you can add details, you can confuse details, you can confuse other stories with it. And so like I... I did see so, some of that with the neuralizer, right? You, you you wipe someone's memory and then you feed them enough of a story and they just kind of run with it. Our brains want to feel satisfied. So just like, okay, fine, swamp gas. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah um, that was my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that came up when we were watching it was uh, that coroners don't have to be doctors. 
Yeah. Medical examiners do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Medical examiners do. Coroners do not. There's like a good John Oliver segment about coroners and medical Oh, yeah, yeah. Too, the, I, I do sort of remember that. Um, yeah, the, a coroner can be an elected position. Medical examiner is... I mean, that could also be an elected position, but, but you, you have, have to, to have be a, a, medical, a degree. medical degree. You yeah. have to have a pathology degree. So or preferred to have a pathology degree. And, and coroners can, like a lot of jobs, you know, there's there's someone that's supervising everybody else. So someone that's doing an autopsy might not necessarily be the medical examiner. They can be part of the coroner's office doing their role in that, but they're being overseen by somebody. And so, I mean, even that, like, I think I told everyone to, to go to their... Their mm-hmm. coroner's, their medical examiner's office, if they could. They should, if they're interested in it. Um, and I'm sure there's probably different rules per county and places like that. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. You're you're doing a very medical thing, but you don't necessarily have any. Medical some people, <laughs> you might not have any medical training or knowledge. And that's important to realize. It has some legal implications, potentially. So, Legal, monetary. There's a lot of. Like political political all that stuff i just leaned in really hard to say political Political. um the last thing i kind of want to mention is just kind of going back to the where we were k gave up the life of mib and then the story that came up with him was he was in a 35 year coma and came back to life mm. oh yeah <laughs> can that happen that's a lot of time to be in a coma here's the thing it can happen does it happen often no what happens to your body after 35 years of not moving? You look like Edgar. <laughs> your skin, yes, your skin is hanging off your bone. Um, but I think, I, I mean, there is a thing in um, in any sort of statistical thought. It's just like, you, hey, that could happen to me because I'm important in my own life, right? Like, all the stuff happens to me. So, of course, I'm going to be the patient that Main wakes character. up. Right. I'm going to be the one that wakes up from my 35-year coma. But, you know, if... Even if 1% of people in a 35-year coma wake up, that's still not you, right? <laughs> You're still the other 99%. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of our body works because we are moving around and doing stuff. So we're turning over our inte- the cells in our intestine that help us um, blood suggest food. Blood's pumping from the bottom of your body to the top mm-hmm. when you move. I, I mean, that's the big thing. That's why people who are bedbound really start to have problems in their lower extremities because if you're not contracting your muscles, you are not moving your venous blood very effectively back up to your heart. So then your legs start to balloon. When your legs are ballooned and stretched out, your skin, the elastic properties of your skin also stretch out. It becomes weak. You can have leakage through there. Um, also, if you if you are stuck in bed and can't move, you the pressure starts to degrade the, uh, and erode the skin. So you get bed sores. I mean, that that is what a bed sore is. It's because you're not moving then you get million dollar baby <laughs> that's that's different that's my job <laughs> um that is not my job um but so yeah let's let's say that you did wake up from a 35 year coma you would your body would be completely decongestion uh, deconditioned wow your body would be completely deconditioned so your muscles would be atrophied you wouldn't really be able to move. You haven't used your voice in 35 years. I mean, what's it like when when you wake up in the morning and you don't have water, you can't speak. So like think about 35 years of that. Um, and uh, your your body's not going to be in great shape. Can Could your brain be doing okay? For Certainly, probably not. But it's, it could be. But it's like you are not going to suddenly be a, you know, a 45-year-old man. Right? right. You're, You're not going to be a functioning member of society. Right. Um, and so, and like, it's cute that you think that Tommy Lee Jones is 45 years old. I'm just, you know, <laughs> after 35 years, he's, he's been 45 since he was 10. Yeah. Um, what was I trying to say? Uh, you're not bouncing back. Don't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> no, I'm saying the, oh, oh. oh the, the patient, not Greg, <laughs> not Greg. I mean, it's, they're turning, the wheels are turning. Oh, um, so we, ha- we have a saying in hospice. Actually, it's not in hospice. We have a saying in the hospital that for every day you spend in bed bound, it basically takes five days of recovery to get back to normal. And so that means like you got to work to do it. You got to, you know, use effort to get out of bed. You got to struggle to do transfers with someone. You got to force that food down. You got to work hard 
to really get back to where you were before. So 175 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's, I'm happy that you did that because it was not going to work. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not just like you woke up from the coma and everything's fine. Um, there is some value judgments to make in there. Like, would you even want to wake up from a coma in 35? I don't know. Um, but we talk about that with CPR too, where somebody gets CPR and they're like, oh, the CPR worked. He's fine. He's not. No, you're not. You're not. There's, there are consequences to the thing that happened. And 35 years, you know, it, you're, you're going to have some breakdown. You're yeah. probably also going to have an indwelling catheter mm. <laughs> to make it easier to clean up the poop that you make and the pee that you make. I don't want to think about the indwelling catheter for poop. We call that a diaper. I mean, it just makes it easier to clean because you're not getting water all over yeah. everything. I'm sorry. I know what I'm talking about on this I one, mean, Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is your your domain more than my domain. Um, but yes, the catheter is not the catheter is not for poop. The catheter is to make it easier to clean up poop because you have you can do less body cleaning because the the water from urine is not also breaking down the skin. Poop is less dangerous than pee. Poop is gross, but it's it's less harmful in the short term. Hmm. And if you can if you can make it easier on your caregivers, if you can do three changings a day instead of eight, it's which a win. and also in thirty five years, that's part of what's happening. You're oh, you're being yeah. changed. You're being uh you're being fed. You're not eating. <laughs> you're having food going in a tube. So yes, thirty five years. There are consequences. You look like Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, so seeing them all happy and healthy right. on a tabloid cover, probably not true. And I know when I have not talked to a woman for a few years, they love it when I show back up. <laughs> Every single time they're happy to get my text. They definitely, <laughs> well, they planted that information in her head. like, hey, you love him, don't you? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's essentially that's what they own. do, which is even sketchier. I didn't. I didn't pick that up, but that's essentially well, what they I mean, did. E- either she's thought he was in a coma this. Whole oh, that's time, a, that's a good point. Or he's in a coma, but you can't visit. Yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna look fantastic. Mm. But yeah, he's got no. that coma body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just put those electrodes that like make your muscles flex and whatnot, like make your abs work out. Yeah, those are pretty cool. The muscle stimulators. One of my friend's moms used to have one of those in summer camp, and it it was. I don't, I mean, 30 years ago and though they were like $5,000 units that you would have to get from your, your neurologist and it was for her back and we would, we would go and put it on each other's face. I mean, just like they did in Jackass, Yeah. but before Jackass was a thing and that is some of the hardest I've ever laughed in. It's, a lot of, <laughs> it's just like, it's a lot of shocking, right? It is. It is very shocking. Oh, but and because you, your depression was cured. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because now that you can buy one of those from Amazon for ten dollars, like, you sh- and if you're an adult, you should buy one of those on Amazon for ten dollars. It's you're you'll find some fun with it. Not, don't not don't do it surprising. That's not that is not a fun thing. To <laughs> no do. surprises. No surprises. Uh, Greg, any other notes? I have a bunch, but it's fine. <laughs> any other notes that you want to? Uh... <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh. I'm always happy when a movie picks an arbitrary amount of time and then sticks to it. The fact that they that they're eight minutes. They did an eight minute ca- counter. I was a little bit late starting it, but it was about eight minutes. That I mean, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Why why create a steak that doesn't exist? Delicious steaks. <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of steak. <laughs> um, I do have a question though. Uh, the human centipede bills itself as one hundred percent medically accurate. If that's the case, and that's our baseline, how medically accurate is 1997's Men in Black? Greg, after Greg Winter. Greg's eternal struggle with the question. I know. I, I think maybe one time after this, we can have a discussion about what this question means. Because <laughs> the debate I have in my head is, is giving it more weight than it is. <laughs> <laughs> it legitimately is. How medically accurate is it compared to the human yeah. centipede? So midsummer we gave four fifty percent. I, I wrote, which means okay. it was I was there. I wrote four hundred percent. So it was four times as, as accurate as okay. human centipede. Is it less accurate than the human centipede? I don't know a lot about alien anatomy, so it's hard. And I didn't well, do it well the, in a human anatomy. But, so it but the, the coroner scene would probably be one of the big things. Um, I would say that. I mean, that's pretty accurate. Although, if a coroner 
if a coroner's reaction to a body having no organs in it was, isn't it strange? I think you need <laughs> you need a new Emmy. Um, I, I don't know. It's at least, I don't know, it's twice as accurate. 125%, right? Because it's 70%. I don't know. I don't see that's, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing that doesn't make sense. It only makes sense so to me. twice as accurate to the human centipede. It's 200%. No, because human centipede is not medically accurate. But it's accurate in terms of that. It called itself 100% it called medically, itself accurate. medically accurate. Yeah, but that, I don't have to agree with that. People no, say, don't people agree with say that. things that's all the, the time that I don't but agree with. But that's the point, though. That is our baseline. So it's it, it, one, if, if 100, nope. that's nope. how things can be over. Nope. My way is correct. You are wrong. Greg I no longer wrong. accepts the uh, premise of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say 125, but for different reasons. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. For for podcast reasons, it's slightly more accurate than the human centipede. You, I think you need to put like a whiteboard up in here. I'll up in here. Like have our scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, not like the Ja Rule song, just up in here. You mean DMX? That one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just went, it like went off in my brain. I, know, I saw the gears turning like up what in here. I'm like, I'm like, is he going to say the right one? Nope. Nope. No, he's DMX. RIP. RIP DMX. I saw him in San Diego. It was a great show. Uh, now I'll never get to do that. He will not. I will never get to experience. I forgot that uh, he is no longer with us. He died the way he lived, avoiding taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I actually had a question. <laughs> yes. Because uh whenever we talked about um whenever we talked about the Venture Brothers and watching the show made me remember how much I like it and I went back and watched it and that's why I gave you that thing to say about Venture Brothers on the show notes if you ever posted it, I don't know. Not not yet. Not yet. Oh. But I am curious if anybody actually started watching the Venture Brothers because I I'm just curious. If that's I don't know case. if you hear it from anybody ever. On occasion. I would like to know if people are listening, if you watch the Venture Brothers after I recommended it, because it's excellent. If you did, let us know at HiEverybodyMD.com or at HiEverybodyMD on the social medias or HiEverybodyPodcast at gmail.com or 530-DOCTORB. Yep. But I think that is a good place to stop because we're all going off the rails now. Yeah. And we weren't <laughs> on the rails to begin with. No, we were not. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will be back with more soon. Thank you. Thanks.